InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's a sobering statistic. Traffic deaths have remained nearly constant for many years. But a recent study offers a safer blueprint for road design. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Jeffrey Michael is a former senior official at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. He's now a distinguished scholar in the Department of Health Policy and Management and the Leon S. Robertson Faculty Development Chair in Injury Prevention at the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health. Dr. Michael, you were the co-author of a report on a new approach to road safety that focuses on design and engineering changes. Let's start with just a broad view of what this safe system approach entails. Yeah, the safe system approach seeks to change the fundamentals that are behind those crashes and actually reach zero, as opposed to conventional methods which focus on making incremental changes each year. So that's the first big difference. The safe system approach designs roads to anticipate the kinds of behaviors that people typically have. So it expects people to be occasionally distracted, to be occasionally tired, to occasionally not see things like stop signs. And the way it accommodates these human tendencies is through designs such as roundabouts. So roundabouts are a road feature that you can't miss, that it's not like glancing up and not seeing a stop sign. You'll notice a roundabout. A roundabout causes you to slow down because you can't go through a roundabout at full speed. You have to slow down. And because you merge with traffic in a roundabout, it prevents the kinds of crashes that would be caused if, in a conventional intersection, if you failed to notice the stop sign, you went through the intersection at full speed and a car hits you right in the driver's door. So in a roundabout, that kind of side impact is impossible and they eliminate that source of driver error. The other way a safe system works is by actually slowing the car down during dangerous situations like intersections. So the roundabout example again, you just can't blow through a roundabout. You have to slow down for it. And by slowing down, if there's an altercation, it's going to be a minor one and it's not going to result in a serious injury. So that's how a safe system works. Realistically, what are the projections as far as the number of lives that could be saved each year? Well, this is going to be a long-term process, obviously. We're not going to design roads across the U.S. all at one time. But the roads across the country are continually maintained and upgraded. And if we can do these upgrades according to safe system principles, then we can get there. Countries that have started on this path, like Sweden, is it was the first country to start on the safe system program. They started back around the year 2000. Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, and others have been on this path for 20 years or more. They've reduced their fatalities by 50% or even more. We're approaching 40,000 deaths per year. So if we follow those examples, we're looking at reducing traffic deaths by 20,000. And that 40,000 figure of deaths each year has been relatively unchanged for quite some time, right? Yeah, road deaths were an even bigger problem several decades ago. 
auto safety regulations, the majority of them took place in the 1970s, 1980s, and fatalities dropped steadily, and the rate of fatalities per vehicle mile dropped into the 1990s. Since that time, it's been relatively flat. That is, we've had about the same rate of traffic fatalities each year. You mentioned roundabouts. What are some of the other changes that you would like to see? Yeah, roundabouts are a typical example, but there are others. There's a technique that's used in congested areas where there are a lot of pedestrians and cyclists that narrows the lanes so that drivers naturally drive at a lower speed. Drivers get their cues to select the speed from their environment. If the road is wide and straight and they can see a long way and they can see a clear path ahead of them, then drivers tend to drive faster. Their comfortable speed is higher. But if the road is narrow and if they need to be vigilant as they're driving because they can't quite see a long distance ahead of them, then they'll drive more slowly, quite naturally. Around pedestrians, we need them to drive more slowly. If a pedestrian is hit at speeds of above 20 miles per hour, the chances of the pedestrian being killed are very high. So if we can keep vehicle speeds low around areas where there are pedestrians that are likely to to step out in the street, then that'll save a lot of lives. Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor Jeffrey Michael from the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health, and we're discussing his new report about a new approach to road safety, which incorporates design and engineering changes to save lives. Professor Michael, how much would implementing these recommendations cost nationwide? It's not about stopping what we're doing and gathering funds for a new implementation. It's about constructing roads in this way from here on forward. So there are dedicated funds each year for highway construction and maintenance. One source of these funds is gasoline taxes. Gasoline taxes support an annual grant program received by states for the purpose of building, maintaining, and operating roads. If we can invest those funds in implementing safe system features in our roadway, that gets us on the path towards a safe system. Would this be like herding cats in a way because you have 50 states who would all have to get on board with this, right? Yeah, highway ownership is decentralized. So there are approximately 4 million miles of roads in the U.S. Some of those roads are operated by federal sources, many operated by state sources, and a lot of them by local sources. So yeah, we need to affect the decision-making at several levels. But there are guidance documents and there are centralized resources used by all of these organizations. So there are ways that we can affect decisions, and those are actually the nature of the recommendations we made in this consortium report. So how optimistic are you that this will happen anytime soon? I believe that there's a real opportunity now. There's a budget policy opportunity that is 
the federal program that provides the highway funding that I was describing, that's being reauthorized now. So it's being reconfigured for the next six years. So that's an opportunity. But there's also growing recognition of the fact that you mentioned earlier that things just aren't getting better, that the conventional approach to road safety is not driving the numbers down. Road crashes remain the leading cause of death for young people. So we need change. Here's a change that has proven effective in other places. It's backed by science. And so we think that there's a good opportunity to get this going. And it would have to start, I presume, in Congress? Well, the federal sources would, yes. There would need to be some congressional decisions to point the funding in that direction. And then there would obviously need to be agreement at each level of government that this was a direction we all needed to move. Jeffrey Michael from the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.